Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. No, you can't use that. You have to get the industrial strength one. We'll go tomorrow and get it because right now you're just wasting your time using this. This is not the right strength or the right product to handle this job. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So come on, join me on the flip as we get into talking about when ordinary just won't do. I'll see you on the flip. It's going to be good. Hey there, you made it. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's go on and get into it. So today we're going to be talking about something that um, I've been wanting to talk about for a minute, but it seems like it's the right time. And I want to talk about the concept of preternatural. I'm going to say that again. I want to talk about the concept of preternatural. And I was going to name it something with preternatural in it. And I mentioned it to somebody that uh, I know. And they were like, "Uh, what is that? So (laughs) I went with something else. And that is what ordinary just will do. So let's talk about preternatural, what it is and all of that. But before we do that, let's set it up so that we have a control group, if you will. Okay. And that is the ordinary. So. Going back to the uh, 14th century, which would be the 1500s, uh, the word ordinary with the IE on it, it meant the same that it does today. And we already know, based on all of the times we've said it before, that when some word keeps its original meaning or close to it, it has a lot of strength and a lot of power behind it because people have been imbuing it with that power for many, many years. Okay. And so it really, Ordinary, as uh, it was known when it first started being bantered about, and as it is known today, still means regular, customary, or belonging to the, get this part, you guys, the usual order or course. It's conformed to be a regulated sequence of arrangements. It means that it's supposed to fit in the natural order of things. Goes on to say that coming directly from the Latin, it means orderly. Uh, it can also mean uh, row, rank, series, or arrangement. Okay, so now that we've established that ordinary still means the same thing, let's jump over into preternatural. Now, in my first uh, master's program, I was uh, introduced to this word because it has a strong basis in um, science, theology, the occult, and all of those different things. And it has had a 
how can I say it? Um, the word and the concept of being preternatural has uh, dipped its toes into a lot of different arenas as we have evolved and tried to figure out where is science, where is folklore, where are demons and angels and all this kind of stuff. All right. But it simply means when, when you just get down to it, preternatural means to be beyond what is normal or natural. Okay. It's what appears outside of or even beside what is natural. But get this preternatural is birthed from nature, but is not of nature, AKA viruses, fairies werewolves, <laughs> all of these different things that occur in nature, but outside of nature. And when I was a wee one, uh, fresh out of uh, undergrad and into my first grad program where I thought I knew something, I had to uh, work with this um, information, present it, and even defend certain aspects of it in debates and all of that kind of stuff. And I remember going back to the etymology of it just to, you know, get a real good sense and get this. Whereas we have like the 1500s when the word ordinary is um, a common use term, believe it or not, preternatural has an older lineage than the word ordinary. Even though they kind of, you know, mean the opposites, not the opposites, but they're in the same camp. But in preternatural, like around the, the mid uh, 1400s, even like 100 years before, it was um, a term that was used all the way in medieval Latin. And there are, are even some suggestions that it was well before that. And it was because when people were working with um, items in nature, they had certain classifications. And so preternatural was one of them. And so it meant, still back then, all these years, it meant that it was beyond nature. Or get this, beyond fate, meaning that even the fates um, couldn't control it. And it was a catch-all. It was used to note uh, that there was something that had been, now get this, this is where I, I was talking about earlier about being uh, from nature, but not of nature. It was used to note something that that had been the work of nature, but was not of nature. And so um, the famous theologian Thomas Aquinas uh, said it as succinctly as this. And that was because, and when I, 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 don't, I don't mean to interrupt myself, but I do have to interrupt myself in understanding the, the three levels of nature. Preternature, nature, even though it said it was beside or beyond or from, a lot of times uh, people wanted to put it under nature, but it couldn't be. So you had uh, nature, preternature, and then you had supernatural. And all of these had natural in them. So you could say preternatural, natural, and then supernatural. And the way Thomas Aquinas helped uh, theologians of the day get their arms around what they were talking about, it was simply this, that if it was something that uh, had been manipulated, now they didn't know anything about mutations and the like at the time. So they would attribute this to trickster energies, demons, fairies, leprechauns, whatever you want to call it. So if it was something that had been manipulated by a uh, source in nature, it was 
preternatural. But if it was something that was interacted with by a divineness, then it was supernatural. And the way he he made this as concrete as possible was, was that something that was supernatural uh, was a miracle whereby a divine act had disregarded nature. That's why super was always above it. Okay, so I I want you to kind of like visualize with me where you have uh, natural and then straight above it, you have supernatural. And then back at the level of natural, you have to the left, you've got preternatural and possibly down below natural, you have preternatural. And the reason why I'm talking about what ordinary just won't do today is because we try to figure out when things go wrong, when things go awry, how did it happen? What was the roadmap that led us here? Or how do we get back? Or what do we do next? And there are some times when there are things that just happen. Yesterday, I alluded to randomness and how uh, we shouldn't be fooled by thinking that we can always use patterns and explanations for why things happen. And so today, that's why I wanted to bring in the concept of when things are not natural, but they came from nature. Okay. And uh, it's been a while, you know, since I delved into this kind of discourse, but let's, let's uh, dust off the, the, the thinking cap and get in here. Cause we have some pretty good stuff, you know, to, to discuss. So now that we've established what preternatural is, what ordinary is, what nature is and what supernatural is, uh, let's go on and move forward. Because I want to say this, Voltaire had something to say. Now, Voltaire is the nickname or the uh, nom de plume of uh, a, a famous French uh, writer uh, from the Age of Enlightenment. And what he said was uh, that nature never repeats itself. Man always does. And embedded in that particular quote, you will find the possibility of randomness and the possibility of preternaturalness, if that's a word. Okay, so take a take a little visual, imaginary uh, stroll with me, if you will, and imagine this: imagine that you have uh, a family, and they, uh, the husband and wife have been betrothed and come from distant lands to join in this matrimony, uh, to join their kingdoms, to join uh, their lands, and they set about doing what they're supposed to do, producing heirs. And so they start having children, and the first few come out looking and acting just like you would expect them to look if you were to look at the husband and the wife. The uh, uh, phenotypically and genotypically, they look like what you would expect. They have another one, and this one has some kind of um, uh, slight difference that is makes you go, makes you go, hmm, okay. And it's 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 not good or bad. It's just they're like, hmm, that one didn't necessarily look like them, but some kind of way they know that there's no been no funny business, no pollution <laughs> in the matrimonial bed, and then another is born, and but this time there is something that has gone quite differently, uh, and. When you look at this offspring, this progeny, you immediately know that it was of natural conception, he or she, but something went awry. Maybe it is a deformity. Maybe it is a mutation, uh, but there is something different. 
And and I, the reason why I picked some time in antiquity um, is because during that time, they didn't have, you know, well baby scan. I'm not well baby, but they didn't have uh, uh, prenatal visits and ultrasounds and all that kind of stuff to, to look and see how, you know, the fetus was growing. And most people will say that when you have these anomalies, because that's what preternatural actually boils down to. In today's world, we call it abnormalities or mutations when we talk about preternatural because it still is traced through nature. It's from nature, but not of nature, meaning it doesn't behave in the natural way. And uh, so being able to consider that And let's go back to this medieval child, if you will. Maybe they're taller than their family. Maybe they have uh, uh, green eyes and everybody else has brown or blue, excuse me, blue eyes and everybody has brown. The reason why I'm saying that is because blue eyes are a preternatural mutation. Basically, that's not the way nature is supposed to work. But there you have it. (laughs) And so... uh, that can come out. And it's not that anyone did anything to cause it. It just is what it is. And so going back and looking at the history of viruses um, in this book, and I've, I've talked about this book uh, many times, um, Sapiens, I, I encourage you to get it. It is a very good, uh, a good read. Uh, and it takes us through the evolution of our growth. And there's a portion in there where the author talks about how depending on the numbers, just by sheer numbers. He doesn't use the word preternatural, but he alludes to the fact that preternaturalness is part of the nature and the order of things. That every once in a while, the machine, if you will, is going to throw a spark or gasket. It's going to go offline. It's going to do something unexpected. And you're going to have throw-offs. And it's not going to be that they're any better or worse. It's going to be that they're beyond or they're different. They are the abnormalities. And so in the book Sapiens, he has this section where he talks about that even if there were uh, nothing else, you know, um, interfered, no, you know, cross-contamination or, you know, zoonopicness happening where, you know, uh, zoonopic meaning that uh, a disease jumps from an animal to a human. Even if none of that happened, we would still get viruses, bacteria, and things within our population because of the fact that ordinary is not the mandate. There are three types of natural that even the theologians and the ancients could recognize just by observation. And so how dare we be hubris to think that if we try to control all systems, that everything will always be ordinary. And so I'm not trying to give any kind of explanation for how viruses come into being. I am just simply saying that by the law of averages and odds, the concept of something being preternatural will happen, will come to pass. Now, even though they call something that's preternatural strange or abnormal, they called actually they called it a phenomenon that seemed to and and the the wording and and I remember learning all of this stuff and I was quite offended, <laughs> especially when. Um, looking at some things that were preternatural, but because it was enough of it for people to accept it, they would overlook that, but other things they wouldn't. Uh, But I digress. But okay, so 
in the context of science and uh, and the- theology, it got to the point where this whole preternatural part of our lives became that which was strange or abnormal and that which seemed to violate the normal working of nature, but which was not associated with magic or witchcraft. Yeah, they had to put that in there so that people would know that this came out of nature, but it's not of nature, but there was no funny business happening. There was no witchcraft, no magic, because this was the advent of people uh, trying to get into a um, a, a codified system of uh, scientific rigor you know, the development of science where you could replicate things and explain things. And and so they were trying to, you know, get some kind of total party line, you know, understand that this is what it is. And, you know, there's no more interpretation besides that. And so we got to the point where we became so well-versed in the, the modern science that it became where the preternaturalness stopped being the werewolves, the vampires, the fairies, the demons, and all of that stuff that we couldn't understand and, you know, and just relegated into this weird subset of nature to where we then started predicating it down to phenomena, uh, mutations. So like, for instance, when you eat seedless fruit, you are eating preternatural things um, because nature doesn't produce fruit that doesn't have seeds. But when we mess with them <laughs> and 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 uh, put our influence in how they're germinated, then nature does produce it, but it's not of nature. And so I, I'm hoping that you can see how this is all part of the ecology, the circle of life, and trying to get a better understanding of that. Now, in the A part, I talked about, um, well, I was actually, I was I was young and I was trying to clean something. And uh, I was using all of my mother's oven cleaner or something like that. And it wasn't the right thing. I needed to have some kind of degreaser. And she actually told me not to mess with it. But fast, little me, I was trying to, you know, do it because she actually knew, you know, the proper stuff that we needed. And um, so, the if memory serves me correctly, we finally went and got the industrial strength uh, degreaser and all of that stuff. We had to wear gloves and she showed me and it was just an eye opening thing because I didn't know that there were things that were so super powered. Uh, and that was like kind of like my first concept of understanding the different uh, things that exist in life that are made to do the same thing, but in varying degrees. And so the wisdom for today of when ordinary just won't do is I want you to understand that the preternatural side of life is still part of life. Viruses are in that area. Illness, disease are in that area. And we cannot treat them like they're ordinary. We have to move into the realm of the extraordinary to deal with them. That means that we have to take extraordinary measures. You, We cannot do our normal everyday life stuff, which is in the ordinary, and expect for the extraordinary to heed what we're, what we're doing or what we're trying to put out. 
I hope that makes sense and you can see that a little more clearly because yet and again, I am always amazed at the sheer processing power we each individually possess in our brains and yet how we throttle that power by not making elementary connections and synapses and synergies to get this. If I could understand if this was a normal occurrence that happens every Tuesday of the second month of the, uh, uh, you know, of the, of, excuse me, every Tuesday of the even numbered month of the year, then that would be something in the natural course of things. And you could carry on business as usual, but it is not. And it is something that is beyond, it is outside of, and it does not behave in the normal course of nature and ordinary means. And thus, we have to be extraordinary, okay? So I want to uh, talk about, you know, some of the the things that help us to get to the point where we understand that we're dealing with an industrial grade issue right now. We're dealing with the preternatural. And when you hopefully start to get your mind around that wisdom will love on you real good and help you to start seeing what happens when you have to operate in the extraordinary, okay? So what I want to say is this, is that we long for control. We long for being able to be precognizant. We always want to know what's going to happen next. You know how I know and how I can use that word always? is because we love maps. We love knowing what land or what terrain or what path to expect before we even get there. We love it so much that we sometimes forget that a map is simply a representation of what to expect, but it is not a miniaturized simulation of what to expect. There are still, you guessed it, random things that can happen. There are still unknown risks that we can encounter. And there are still things that we need to respect that can change and even mutate that we are not aware of. And it gives us, or it should, I hope, give us a different perspective that we look at our lives and what we do differently. Yesterday, I um had conversations with a lot of different people who have businesses and um, they're in management positions where employees and the general populace are dependent on their decisions and their understanding of how to process our world. And as I was talking to a few, I uh, was just you know kind of walking them through strategically. Um, because that was what the, you know, part of the conversation was about was to how to, you know, develop some strategies to be able to help their workers, uh, the people that they're servicing, and how to be good citizens, as well as for some of them who are essential uh, 
uh, members of their society and they have to be places, how to get their arms and minds around what they were doing. And in the back of my mind, I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, it just kept coming to me. That's how wisdom sometimes works, where it was like, this is an extraordinary time. Why are we trying to use ordinary measures? And as I kept mulling it over, I went back and I remembered that I had a podcast title about the um, preternatural way. And I was like, I can't use that term, but that term is applicable for here. And so, of course, I went back and I started looking. And what I realized was that if you go and uh, try to understand, not understand, um, but if you try to follow in the steps of how scientists started to work with uh, things that were preternatural, uh, you'll start to see that there are uh, processes where there are increments of power that you use or intense impact that you use to try to work with them. And then like going back even to um, the late uh, 16th century, where people were uh, starting to deal with the medical aspects of things. They were actually talking about tumors and uh, causes and, and observations of growths and diseases, and they were calling them preternatural. And what they would do is they would deal with uh, little bits of, um, of the situation and see how it react react and then they would start to expand and so they treated it in stages and they gave it a lot of respect and this is not an indictment on us it's because we are no different from other people um but i will say that in today's environment especially right now we can learn from people and uh who had trepidation trepidation and fear. We can really benefit from that statement that says that fools rush in where angels dare to trod because we are not in Kansas anymore. This is not about a win or a loss when the normal rules are in effect. This is against nature. And if it is against nature, but made from nature, it wants the same thing we want, to live and to thrive. And so understanding that, yeah, this is something different. It has some of the same survival tech, uh, instincts that we have. We have to go and even though we can't have a good map, we got to try to at least have some kind of map and then work in ways of respect to not just think, you know, hey, let's just, you know, go out there and, 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 fight it and, you know, have at it and all this kind of stuff and not understand that, yeah, this is not ordinary. This is not natural. This is not like you. And so it doesn't move or behave like you. It can replicate. It can morph because that's how it got here. It can morph and it can do a lot of different things that you might not be aware of or you should take a moment to be aware of. And so when I was, like I said, when I was going back and trying to make sense of this and I was, you know, looking at it, Voltaire was the key to me starting to say, oh, okay, so yes, I can look at the great, you know, the plagues, the Black Plague and all of these different um, flus of, of the past and 
and still not be able to get my head around understanding what's really going on. Because first and foremost, I want you guys to realize that wisdom wants us to always recognize what time and what context we're in. So when ordinary just won't do what you have to do, instead of speeding up your efforts and trying to have much uh, bravado, instead, you have to look and start to learn how is this different from you? Because this is not natural. It's from nature, but it's not natural. And the last time I checked, I don't see any miraculous deities coming from the heavens to slew uh, our viruses. (laughs) So we have to learn to deal with them. And when Voltaire said that history doesn't change, but uh, he he said man does. But I mean, excuse me. Yeah, history never repeats itself. But man always does. That was the key. And the key is, and this is the wisdom smack. Hold on, listen to it. It's real simple. The wisdom smack today is, is that when faced, when something that is outside of nature, it takes an extraordinary self-calm and self-management to deal with it. So don't believe me? Here we go. Uh, It's the late 1940s, there is an English sociologist that is still in America studying the aftermath of World War II. And he's going about his business collecting things, Charles Fritz. And he is actually moving into a new area of study called the psychology of disaster. And as he is collecting his data, he looks around and his hypothesis is that he expects for society to be in panic. Because if you're looking at disaster, and we can already say that disaster is not natural. It's part of the the course, but it's not something that happens all the time. It is not the ordinary. It's not the common. It's not the rank and file. Remember, that's why we talked about what ordinary is at the the top of the podcast. And so disaster is not ordinary. And so for his hypothesis, he was like, well, there should be uh, panic, frenetic energy. There was frenetic energy. We did talk about that yesterday, but it expressed itself differently. And so what his conclusion was after World War II was that in the psychology of disaster, that instead of a society falling into disarray and panic, if given certain things, meaning that if given enough time to study the problem, to understand that it is not your norm, And get this, to band together to pay respect to it in solidarity to mount a defense that is worthy of your opponent, then that society usually um, emerges in a calm solidarity of growth. And that was very powerful to me because it was like, oh my gosh, there is truly nothing new under the sun when you're studying people, because we do repeat ourselves. And so when we're talking about um, ordinary just won't do, this is our time to slow down and to uh, not take this for granted, not take this as business as usual. Study it, learn its uh, vulnerabilities and weaknesses, and then band together for us to work um 
an opposing force to overcome it and 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 do what we can to make the best of our times. So guess what, y'all? My time is up. I thank you for yours. I hope that this will help you to understand that we're in this for the long haul. We're going to make it. Everything is going to be fine. And you're going to be all right. Just take your time. Learn the preternatural and don't disrespect it. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And guess what? I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.